Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast. I hope you had a good week. Last week, we talked about mental health together with our guest clinical psychologist Enrique S. Felisario II. We tackled about anxiety and depression, the rise of suicide cases due to pandemic, social media projection, and how unsafe self-diagnosis is. Today, as we continue this two-part episode, it's time to ask Enrique your questions. How can we manage stress? What is cancel culture? And what is toxic positivity? All that and more as we continue the conversation. Welcome to Life Talks with Tiffany. So few weeks ago by, I've asked my friends on social media if they have questions about mental health or any related topic that they want to ask. So today, Eric will be helping out to answer some questions to help um, enlighten maybe some misconception. So the first question was that was sent, Sometimes I find myself emotional and end up crying for no specific reason. I think I'm stressed. How to deal stress during this pandemic? Under the pandemic and quarantine, it's yeah. very, very stressful. Mm-mm. Especially a lot of things now are happening online. Yes. And honestly, I experienced that myself. That it's stressful because, you know, you're just looking at the screen. Yes. And you're staying at home. Mm-mm. And we're conditioned that if we get home or to our room, it's resting time. Mm-mm. But that is being invaded already by work. Exactly. So resting place becomes a working place also. Yeah. That's very, very stressful. Um, so how do we handle that? I think it's very important to, to become aware how much time are we spending for ourselves. Not work. As a person, now how much time are you sleeping? Sleep is very important. Do you eat proper food? Do you exercise? I know sometimes exercising is so difficult. <laughs> but I take yeah. a mindful walk. Yeah. And you know, when we're tired, we don't want to do anything. Yes. And that makes us more stressful. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, so it's important to do it in a routinary basis. Mm-hmm. So you have to schedule that. You have to allocate, designate a time that is only me time. So in a day, how many hours do you allocate for yourself? Excluding sleeping. Excluding sleeping. Excluding. Yeah. Because I had clients and I asked them, you know, I had and asked them how much time do you spend to yourself? Allocate yourself. And they would say, eight hours. Wow, that's a very good time. Uh, what what do you do? Sleep. Oh, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's not me. Well, that that's good, but also it has to be you're awake. Before we, we we started, I was, you know, making a graph on how much time do I allocate to myself. Mm-hmm. Then I just realized that I only give roughly about one to two hours a day for myself. And this is not really designated time. Okay. It's like 30 minutes of this, 30 mm-hmm. minutes of that. It's not like but, a one yeah. full two hours. Yeah. So, hour. yeah, so I committed that I have to allocate three hours straight for myself Mm -mm. so I put down my laptop my cell phone I don't answer anything clients and all 
I just you know spend quality time with myself, not 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 working, not even reading, not even you know uh, doing uh, listening or mm. nothing. Just me, myself, mm. and I. So I read my favorite books. I listen to music. Mm-mm. No, and I just drink my coffee mm-hmm. or tea. No, and then that that silence. Mm-hmm. I I need that silence. So that's important. How do we manage stress? I think we have to spend time with ourselves in silence. As long as we're we're not doing the same thing Mm-mm. that we keep on doing. Mm, yeah, that's right. So we have to stop going silence and spend time with ourselves. Yeah. So that's that's S S S. Stop. Stop. Go in silence and spend time with yourself. But it, it's a it's a hard thing for others to do. It is hard, especially if you're stressed out. Mm-mm. It's going to be harder. The more you resist to take a rest or spend time with yourself, that's a perfect indicator that you really need to rest. So yesterday, I was very stressed out. <laughs> I think I shared that to you. Yeah. I, and I almost cried. So I went to my favorite restaurant. Oh, without me. Open. Without you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> in in Patfu, no. And then uh, I just ate a bowl of my favorite Patfu. And after that, I feel so alive. You had your me time. I had my me time. And when I went home, I just listen to music. So I think that's how we also yeah. deal with our stress. I think having me times is very important. Very, very important. Yeah, you have to treat yourself. Right. Ice cream, coffee. Yeah, whatever it is. Coffee is like. important. How many like. cups per day? I refuse to incriminate myself. <laughs> Okay, so let's proceed to the second mm. question by What's your take in the growing cancel culture in social media? Should it stop or is this okay? I think this is about for a time there were influencers who were doing something and people are canceling them. Mm. Last September, I, mm. I noticed a lot of hashtag cancel Korea. Yeah. I got so curious. Like, yeah. What do you mean cancel Korea? Can we really cancel Korea? <laughs> I'm not so sure. I also sh- saw some posts about cancel Philippines. Yeah. I mean... And before that, there were also like cancel and the name mm, of an influencer. Right. Like yeah. people are so easy to cancel to people cancel online. People online <laughs> no? and, and we're not canceling individuals anymore. Yeah. We're, we're canceling countries. <laughs> cancel culture. Imagine you'll be cancelled. If any, you're cancelled. Hi, mom. You're cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Can I cancel myself? Something that, that's that's dangerous. For me, we condemn what we do not understand. A lot of people are cancelling each other without really getting the whole story, the context. And in, in fact, if you get the whole story, you also need to get the context of the story. Why it happened? How did it happen? So if we don't understand it. We we condemn it. Ignorance is the mother of hate and contempt. Mm. I think the belief that we are better than any other race or person Mm-mm. is the mother of the cancel culture. I, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah, just like what you said that we condemn what we don't understand. We condemn what we don't understand. 
it's easier to condemn. It takes time, intention, sincerity to understand. And in our world now where everything is instant, yes. cancel culture is also instant. So the belief that one is better than the other is the cause of suffering in the world. Yeah, and I and I hope that um, through time is we eradicate this cancel culture. True. How do we cancel the cancel culture? Yeah. Compassion. Yes, compassion. How do we practice compassion? It's recognizing the universality of human experience. That what you feel is also being felt or experienced by others. Yes. That what they feel is also, we can also feel that way. Mm. Recognizing that what they feel, you can also feel it also. It's not about race, name, titles. It's being human. Mm. The hurt in Korea is also the hurt in the Philippines and, mm. and any other parts of the world. Yeah. So the, that universality if you feel hurt, do you close your eyes and you imagine how hurt they are? Mm-mm. And that's also the time that you start to recognize that it's the same hurt. Yeah. Let's cancel, cancel culture with cancel, compassion. Cancel, cancel culture with compassion. Next one is, this is quite um, far or mm-hmm. the other side of cancel culture. Um, what is toxic positivity and how is it considered as toxic? Ah, right. I think sometimes uh, you, you talk about post in the social media mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's toxic positivity mm-hmm. right so when can we say that it's a toxic positivity so it is so when we only accept or allow ourselves and even for others to experience only happiness surprise and joy emotions mm. it's like there's no other emotions okay. except happiness joy and surprise Mm. if we don't accept sadness or welcome sadness anger disgust emotions it becomes toxic positivity Mm. positivity is the acknowledgement that all emotions are normal and natural Mm. and they are neither good nor bad they're not good they're not bad Mm. but they are normal and natural we feel emotion because it's our way of relating to the what's happening outside us. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're being attacked, but you would like to be positive. <laughs> okay. So you would say, "Well, I'm I'm happy about being attacked." <laughs> okay. And I think that usually toxic positivity starts with at least I I lost my wallet with all my earnings in it and would say at least you did not die it's like acknowledging that all emotions are valid yes so all emotions are valid so authentic positivity or genuine positivity is also allowing ourselves to feel sad Mm. angry disgusted and then bounce back yeah that's very important our society has conditioned us that only happiness, especially happiness, surprise and joy are acceptable. Mm-hmm. Emotions, no, emotions like sadness, anger, and disgust are considered bad emotions. 
Yeah. No, when we're sad, don't be sad. Mm-mm. We try to stop it. Cheer up. <laughs> Cheer up. Why are you sad? No, there are plenty of reasons to be happy. Look around you. Look around you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's true. Yeah. But we cannot invalidate that mm. that emotion, sadness, because it communicates something to us. It tells us something. Mm. Our emotions are communicates values to us. Yes. We feel sad when we lost something important to us. We feel angry when we're being attacked. Mm-hmm. We're disgusted when we would we are rejecting something. We feel happiness when it it promotes us. All emotions are communicating something to us. So it's important to listen closely what your emotion is trying to say. If you feel sad today, what is it you are trying to let go? So when you lost something, you feel sad. Yeah. So what do we do when you're sad? Acknowledge it. And that's okay. That's, that's okay. a valid feeling. That's valid. You allow your, you allow yourself to to be sad for a moment. It comes only to go. So if it's toxic positivity, I would say I lost my ball pen. At least I have my panda. <laughs> Or my Apache. Yeah, I like Apache. The point is really to to acknowledge all kinds of emotion. Next one can. Pessimist become optimist? The human brain is hardwired to be pessimistic. We're naturally inclined to be pessimistic hmm? because of survival purposes. It helps us to stay safe. A lot of people are pessimistic about the pandemic and the quarantine. I think it's not a forecast of the future, but an evaluative question of the present time or situation. Questions like, with the current circumstance I am in, What should I do to cope or respond? How can I adapt to the new normal? So pessimism serves a purpose. It helps us to prepare. But if you find yourself too much you know, in the side of pessimism, we also ask ourselves, you know, what are the things also are working? Mm-hmm. I think gratitude is helpful. So we could move ourselves from pessimism to moving a bit forward to optimism. I'm not saying that pessimism is bad. It serves a purpose. I'm not also saying that optimism is all good because we also need to recognize that there are things that we need to prepare. How can they change pessimism? So that there, that's acknowledging also the things that are working. Client could say like everything is lost, everything is out of control. Then they, they you know, they, they spend like 30 minutes narrating all the things that are not working. Then I ask them, and what are those things that you are still in control of? I just you know, see the light coming from their eyes. That realization that, ah, there are also things that are working. With that, Bai, um, does this also support the idea like people, like us, the society, when the government rolls out a specific law or policy, we react to it? Mm. Oh, that's a very good point of view. Yeah, we react to it. I think our reaction is also an evaluative question. How can I prepare myself mm-hmm. in response to these changes. Mm-hmm. So that's an evaluative question. So sometimes our pessimism is actually not a forecast of the future, but an evaluative question of the present time, helping us to prepare. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad, being pessimist is bad. Mm. I think it only becomes maladaptive mm-hmm. when you also miss or recognize the good stuff. 
The next question is, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel guilty about posting or sharing good or positive things about my personal life. I'm not sure if this is okay to share since not everyone is okay and sometimes I end up being guilty. Is this normal? Mm. Uh, guilt is anger directed to the self. Mm. We experience guilt when an act is unacceptable by the norms. It's different with shame. Let me differentiate that. You found money on the street, 1,000 pesos, and you pick it up and later on you heard somebody looking for it mm-hmm. and you did not you know return, uh, return it and if you direct that uh, so it's not acceptable by the society no? mm-hmm. social norm would say that you should give it back mm-hmm. but you did not and mm-hmm. if you say that if you focus on your action and not to yourself and you focus your act a bad action you know, on that thing that you did then you feel guilty mm-hmm. but if you would say if you would start to attribute that to your identity like um, I'm a bad person then that becomes shame mm-hmm. it has psycho- psy- different psychological dynamics guilt has a corrective force yeah. because if you feel guilty you do something to correct them. Mm-hmm. No, because you'll, you'll be bothered. Yeah. But if you will feel shame, you hide. Mm. Because you reduce yourself because that's your identity. Yeah. So, we experience guilt when an act is unacceptable by the norms. Mm. Okay? We also need to check our intention when we post. Yes. Right? We, we need to check that. Um, when when one would post about food you cook or about to eat, what's your intention? If it is to be envied by others, for sure, subconsciously, you'll feel guilty later on. Mm. Because your intention is unacceptable by the norm. Yeah. Okay. But if your intention is to share information on how to cook what are the good foods or where to eat Mm-mm. that's peaceful in our conscience yeah. to answer that question what's your intention yeah. so check your intention so it boils down to intention yes last online question what can i do to have better and positive perspective on things we have the tendency to amplify catastrophize and generalize one or two experiences these are cognitive errors. For example, I have a client who complained that his mother is always nagging at him. Mm-mm. I asked him, how often does your mom nags at you? Mm-mm. And how long does she nags? Then he answered, in the morning and evening. And it usually lasts for an hour. I said, ah, one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. What happens to the rest of the time? He smiled. And he said, we're, we are watching TV together, sometimes laughing or talking about anything under the sun. So we have this tendency to generalize, amplify, catastrophize. Mm-mm. We have to check that all the time. We usually say a general, generalizing statement like all human beings, my life is not good. Everyone is. Everyone is. No, things like that, we have to be careful. Mm-mm. So we have to check. 
because these are cognitive errors mm-hmm. and it makes us to feel negative. Mm-hmm. I think that to balance this, this requires a lot of self-reflection. This also, because we're, we're social animals, when we feel bad, we have the tendency really to communicate this to others Mm-mm. by sharing, not to vent out. Mm-mm. And we have the responsibility to, to respond because sometimes we would say, ah, oh, okay, uh, does that really happen all the time? So that helps the person to think, Mm-mm. to evaluate. Mm-mm. But there are also people who would add more catastrophizing. Adding fuel. Adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> What can I do to have a better and positive perspective on things? I think that you have to become aware if you are catastrophizing, generalizing, or amplifying a negative experience. Only then that you can recheck your perspective. You have to be conscious, conscious of... Of, of how you are thinking, mm-hmm. of how you, you know, evaluating things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really up to us on how we look at things. Right. We have that power. Okay. Now, by is um, of course there's already progress in the community as to our perception towards mental health, but still there are isolated instances or cases that there are still few who discriminate or stereotype the situation. So, as an individual, as an ordinary citizen, what can I do to help normalize the discussion of mental health and seeking? clinical help. Right. That really made me smile because a lot of, oh well, um, a good number of my clients would say that they hesitated to see a psychologist because there is a notion that it's only for crazy people. Mm. No, but but it's so difficult. Even the word crazy is, is still vague. No, a lot of people who are not crazy are considered crazy and those who are crazy are not considered crazy. You know, this is a very vague concept. But I'd like to really emphasize and take this opportunity that psychology or psychologists and even psychiatrists are not only for those with mental illness. Mm-mm. A lot of people now are coming to psych- seeing psychologists, having sessions because they would like to improve their selves, yeah. understand more of their, their selves. Mm. So it's not only for disease, mm. it's also for well-being. That's why we, yeah. we use the word well-being now, right? So you come because you'd like to improve yourself, yeah. right? Um, most of the time, our behavior is propelled by our perception Mm-mm. or how we see things. The current perception towards mental health or psychologists is that it's for crazy. Yeah. I have to acknowledge that it's slowly eroding. Mm-hmm. It's, it's changing. Yeah. Because increased number of of activity psychological or psychology related or mental health related mm-hmm. activities. A lot of people are accessing service psychological services now. Nice. No. Our perception is shaped by the information we have. So when we so when I get new information my perception changes Mm-mm. and so that's my attitude and action towards mental health mm. so I would say that the, the, the perception that going to psychiatrists or psychologists is for crazy people is coming from ignorance mm. or low information about the services mm. so what can you do is to, to educate them provide more information 
what what psychologists do mm-hmm. what how can we help mm-hmm. you know how, how can you benefit from accessing a psychological service mm-hmm. you know, and then that that changes it no so providing appropriate accurate and understandable information helps a lot don't try to change the person yeah. that's not going to happen immediately mm-hmm. just provide the information yeah. it's like planting as planting a tree you know it starts with a seed mm-hmm. and it will grow soon and I guess um, of course as we advocate for for seeking clinical help I think we should also be um, cautious as individuals that the information that we share is correct mm-hmm. correct it's the best way to help the least thing that we can do right. for our friends and family. Maybe you have a reminder or parting parting advice to mm-hmm. the listeners because of course there are days, there are bad days, there are good days. There are days that it's so hard to appreciate ourselves. It's so hard to to love ourselves. Right. So is anything, any thoughts that you want to share to our listeners? Taking care of the, the self is very important. And I know that this is a cliche that a lot of people would always say, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, especially now, keep safe. And I think that it's really our responsibility, in fact, an obligation to really take care of ourselves. The thing is, we only would take care of ourselves when something bad would happen to us, like when we get really, really sick. So I'd like to encourage everyone to take care of yourself, like really take care of yourself. Allocate time, good time, quality time for yourself. And when you start to notice that you're experiencing something, uncomfortable experience, talk to people who are willing to listen. Consult. That's very, very important. Thank you very much, Bai, for this conversation. It's a journey for me as an outsider, and I believe it's a journey as well to all our listeners. And for sure, maybe some of them are wondering how they can reach out to you. Where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you can search me in Facebook and message mm-hmm. me there. You can also communicate with me. Send a text or give me a ring. Uh, you can reach me through 0927-534-7112. But I'd like to request to please be patient with me because sometimes it takes a little time for me to reply. When I answer that, I give my 100%. And I've been receiving you know, a lot of calls and texts. Mm-hmm emails and you know messages in facebook lately but i i will attend to you thank you very much bye i'll be writing the, your complete name the, your <laughs> facebook name on the on the episode section description so that you can all you can check it out guys so thank you very much thank bye you, so much, you. thank bye. you for doing this with me and to everyone who's listening thank you for tuning in up until this point thank you for sticking around and we hope that we were able to help you through this conversation And of course, if you have your thoughts about this episode and if you have other topics that you want us to talk about, you know what to do. You can leave me a message on Facebook or Instagram at Tiffany Montaña. Thank you very much for today. Thank you very much. Bye. Again, I'll always be grateful. Thank you very much. And to everyone, stay safe and stay awesome.